Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It's a good day to have a good day. Welcome yeah, back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Shout out to my boy, Nick Patino, who always says that it's a good day to have a good day. I felt like that was the, the right way to start the show today. I am here. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, and I am with the one and only Michael Petrop. Tim gets to be full host today, controlling the drops and everything. Uh, yes, I do. And I, you know, it's funny. I almost forgot how to do all this stuff. It's like I haven't done this in so long. I, I forgot where I put my folder with all the drops in it and uh, yada, yada, yada and all that oh, stuff. Boy, you're going to you're going to mess up. It's going to be great. It's 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 almost for sure going to happen. It's almost because, sure. yo, I'm also having a bad day, man. I know I said it's a good day to have a good day, but my fantasy day last week, I feel like, you know, every week there's one narrative that someone could have that's the worst narrative you could have. Listen to this, what happened to me. I'm playing the last place team in the league. Should be an easy win. My, our projections, I was 30 points ahead projections. This guy has Brandon Cooks, who puts up 27 points after putting up a donut last week. I have Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson puts up .3, leaves the game. And I got to watch Chase Claypool score four touchdowns in his place. 40 points. There, there, damn. There's not much like, I don't know, man. There's not much that I think was of a worse, was a worse narrative. Maybe the Dak rosterer. Shout out to Dak, by the way. That was just, that was gross, man. I'm wishing yeah. him a speedy recovery. That was, that was something else. I mean, Tim, I feel you though, because I, did personally trade for Chark about 10 minutes prior to game time, and then he got three and left the game with injury. So that was also not great. Oof. Oof. Um, yeah, so I don't know. What, what did you th- Some bad narratives out there. Some good narratives, though. Some players that you didn't expect to go off went off. I feel like this was the first like weird fantasy week of the season where a lot of the guys who played well weren't uh, like on rosters. Like if I bet if you went up and down your league's your league and you looked at the scores i bet you on a weekly average compared to weekly average everyone's a little tick lower than they were um than they usually are this is just, just one of those weird weeks it was it was an odd week there were some high scoring names where you're just like come on and some really low scoring names where you're just like come on <laughs> yeah so it's just yeah it was it was a, a a come on type of week uh michael speaking of come on types of weeks you want to get this started Absolutely. All right, let's get going with the headlines. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we w- I just want to let you guys give you a, a little personal news update. Um, so you know we're usually Mondays, and then we have the Patreon Tuesdays, and then the regular shows Wednesdays. I'm not going to be on the next Wednesday show, and and I'm there's a possibility I'm not going to be on the Wednesday show after that. I'll still be on the Monday shows. Everything's all right. Like the show's still 100 percent and. I'm still 100%, and you know no one's really in danger. It's just you know sometimes life calls, so you gotta you gotta answer the call. So uh, the Twins are gonna take it over as as they did in the second half of last week, and I'm sure they'll be phenomenal. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, just wanted to give you guys an update. Let's get into the headlines. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is headline news. Oh, Donnie H. 
He's Donnie back. H, baby. Really knows how to make that Monday just go up to the next level. Just bring it up a notch, you know? Yes, they do. And the first thing, whose Monday is definitely not taking up a notch, let's start with the Atlanta Falcons' former head coach, Dan Quinn, and their current head coach, Raheem Morris. He was Dimitrov, made, too. Dimitrov, too, gone. And that guy is, like, synonymous with building that Super Bowl team and getting them out of the gutter. And Yeah, people love Dimitrov. That's the end of an era. Uh, I, that's not getting enough like attention in uh, Dimitrov. I think that's a, a yeah. good GM that's going to be out there on the market that some people are going to be able to that he's going to be somewhere else soon. I would almost guarantee it. But, I was a little shocked that he got the boot too. I thought it'd just be a Dan Quinn thing. I didn't even know Dimitrov was like on the hot seat. I mean, he, there you go. His defense has been bad for a long time. Dan Quinn has been, he, I, I guess it's kind of like they're, you know, they're, they're at the hip. They're connected. And this, there's got to be a lot of questions here because I think the Falcons, I'm going to talk about Matt Ryan later, but the Falcons were a team that you can kind of always count on big scores. And that's because you had, you know, the same kind of system in place, even through offensive coordinators for years. So it, it makes you curious about what this means for everyone, uh, especially a team that's underperforming the last two games. So they're kind of trending down. So, you know, Raheem Morris... He's the defensive coordinator. He comes in. It's going to be interesting to see how he affects the offense. Yeah. I mean, Dan Quinn was also a defensive coordinator, so that clearly didn't help him at all. He had the worst defense in the league for years, and he was a defensive coordinator and a great offense. Who knew? (laughs) Um, Kyle Allen will start. uh, Not Alex Smith. I think that's good news all around. I'll talk about that a little later too, but uh, that is an announcement piece of news. Anything you want to say about that, Michael, or you want to wait on that? Talk about some some different stuff? Uh, Shout out Alex Smith. Just want to say tremendous comeback, but boy, oh boy, was that a rough return to the league. I mean, just returning was enough, I feel like. Just being like, did you see him like when Aaron Donald sacked him? Like he literally jumped on his back. (laughs) <laughs> like no yeah. no f's given at all. I don't know why. No fucks given at all. Uh, Mike Vrabel uh, is the headline on this one, but I don't know why. Because it's no COVID nineteen test from Sunday for the Titans. Excellent news uh, for the possibility of that game happening. Yeah, um, I think people are being like once they announced that like yo this Tuesday game is likely still going to happen. I think people were getting a little bit too carried away with sitting your Titans and Bills. Like, the guy who tested positive hasn't been near the players for two weeks now. Like, they're not going to not play the game because this dude who's been away from players for two weeks tested positive. Everything else was positive. Like, positive towards playing, not COVID positive. So, I mean, I have A.J. Brown in in a few lineups. I have Johnny Smith in in a few lineups. Maybe it was just a risk. I was just taking more than others but i thought people once they said like yeah this game is still on i i would have been fine just taking the risk leaving those guys in but i clearly understand that obviously depends on who your other options were as well but people were like out there playing scrub backup running backs over guys like stefan diggs or or uh devin singletary and guys like that and what's the purpose of that like you might get a zero from the scrub running back you're starting anyway, so why wouldn't you at least take the risk on a guy who could get you double-digit points? Yeah, but there's a lot of people who are also making decisions that don't involve scrubs that you understand, you know? 
Yeah, if you have a scrub, like, it's one thing. Like, in a different league, one where I sat A.J. Brown is because I started Will Fuller instead. So, like, in that scenario, I understand it. But a lot of people are taking too big of drop-offs, in my opinions. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how the game goes tomorrow. And if the game goes tomorrow, hopefully, it uh it does go. Um, Sammy Watkins is going to miss a couple of weeks with a hamstring. Standard procedure for Sammy Watkins, like... I don't know. I feel bad when I talk about injuries and injury-prone guys sometimes because, you know, these are people and you wish them the best. But in terms of him in the game of fantasy, like, I mean, this is to be expected at this point, right? Like, this it's par for the course. It's just I don't understand because the new cool thing is to say injury-prone isn't real. Like, there's no such thing as injury-prone. Who said that? Man, that's like a huge thing by, from, like, doctors and such. Like, there's no such thing as injury-prone and, like, that's just a myth. No. But, man, you're telling me Jordan Reed doesn't get hurt more than others. Sammy Watkins doesn't get hurt more than others. Are we really shocked Dalvin Cook hurt his groin? AJ Green. Like, yo, AJ Green, yeah. Like, yo, come on. Sometimes people get hurt, and they never get hurt again, kind of like Keenan Allen or like Matt Stafford got hurt the first couple of years and really hasn't been hurt much since. Sure, but let's get real. There are people who tend to get injured more. I don't know what's up with their bodies, but – they're just they get injured more and it sucks. But Sammy Watkins, yeah, I'm not shocked that he's missing times. But guess what? It just allows his rosterers to leave him on the bench. Don't let me let boom. don't let me get too far into this tangent I'm about to go on. But I bet you like the doctors or whatever what they're talking about. It's the way these guys work out, man. They got to do more movement. They can't just like pound weights up. That's like not natural. They got to like move. They got to. They gotta make their muscles flow. They gotta better. stretch. Like some they of these guys are yes, more. like stretch, stretch though, like real stretch. Like spend like an yeah. hour stretching. But my my brother in law is a movement specialist, and yo, it, it changes lives. Dude, Justin Verlander was a scrub. Started going to Kate Upton's, uh, like yoga teacher, and like stretching and things like that, and became a beast again just because he was able to get more flexible and was able to move better on the mound. Yeah, man. Like some it's of these a different guys... sport, but. Flexibility is very important. Yeah, agreed. Like so, like Le'Veon Bell, well, how, how he, like you see him doing these these lifting weights in the offseason and all this shit, and he looks like he's in great shape. And yeah, that's cool. But your hamstring's not made to like fucking go crazy. You know what I mean? So you gotta prepare that shit. Um, yeah. I cursed a lot in that last sentence. I don't know why I did that. Uh, Steven Hoshka, you're gone. I don't I don't see why not after that performance. That was crazy. Yeah, that was that was despicable. Um, like the the range of the field goals too is just like yo, just make the damn field goal, man. Come on. Uh, it looks like Christian McCaffrey is going to sit one more week, which makes a lot of sense because Mike Davis. Is I think Matt league. Rule. Matt Rule even said possibly two weeks. Interesting. It, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because you know they're not missing a beat. They're undefeated since he goes down. Mike Davis is the number nine player in fantasy, even though he didn't play the the first two weeks. Mike um, Davis is an absolute monster. Shout out Mike Davis. Like, this isn't just volume-based. Like, the dude is running hard and has been absolutely one of the best running backs in the league overall, as crazy as it sounds. So, shout out Mike Davis, who people were pissed last year when he was getting work over David Montgomery. And now look at the difference between the two. I would 100% rather have my, Mike Davis as my starting running back than David Montgomery. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, yeah, and also, num like... He's he's the definition of journeyman. You know what I mean? He's a guy yeah. who who went from team to team looking for an opportunity and he finally gets an opportunity because of an injury and he's making the most of it. And shout out to Mike Davis for that. He he's he's absolutely murdering it. You're right. Um that's all for the big time news. 
Um, there's some there's some other Devin news that we Cook. can get to, but oh, I da- guess we could say his MRI went well, according to Mike Zimmer. That just that broke means. right now. Uh, Th- that's breaking news. Good good job, Michael. Bada bing, bada boom. Alexander Madison rosters are licking their chops. They're like, this is why. <laughs> Dude, this it is seems why like every he's been time, on my bench. It seems like every time Alexander Madison gets the ball, he's running for like at least eight yards. The dude is nice, yo. Good running back. That's a that's a dual headed uh-huh. monster. That if Dalvin Cook, he's so good. He's so good. But the reason why I'm still a little hesitant on him, or if I was in a dynasty league, maybe I'd consider like selling super high on him and trying to get like an Alvin Kamara or Zeke type of deal going. Like, I just he's injury prone, like you said. He gets tweaked. And maybe this could devolve into something like a 50-50 or, or something of that nature in the future in order to keep him fresh. And the fact that you got a beast behind him, so he's going to just demand more touches eventually. So, I, I mean, I'm in no way he could still be the number one running back for the next five years. That's also a possibility. I'm just saying there's a slight possibility that happens. No, I'm, I'm just scared about the injuries. Like, already, like, the groin injury is not the best to rush back so i don't know we'll see how we'll see maybe it actually wasn't really serious at all but time will tell all right michael let's get into this first segment the we saw that coming things that we told you were gonna happen last week i saw that coming from a mile michael i murdered that totally nailed it a kind maybe maybe i might have cut it off a tad early because that thing plays on loop and it's short so I cut it a tad early, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Michael, who's one player that did not cut it a tad early and went full ham? My first, uh, we saw that coming was I'm not going full ham. I'm going full bust here. Oh shit, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is someone I've been hesitant on all year just based on the quarterback play, and he has had some very good weeks. But I was very hesitant to play him this week against Los Angeles. I had him as a Wide receiver three in my rankings, uh, very much lower than expert consensus rankings. And I actually sat him in a league where I had DJ Moore, Will Fuller, CD Lamb, and Mike Davis playing. So McLaurin was on my bench. Uh, so put my money where my mouth is. Three receptions, 26 yards. Absolutely just despicable performance. Obviously, I'm a huge Terry McLaurin is a great football player guy. I'm also a huge Washington football team quarterback situation he he's not going to be able to make up for that despicable situation every single week. And this week was one of those weeks. Tough matchup against the Rams, uh, Jalen Ramsey and company. He gets better matchups going forward, so I'm not super scared away by it. But, I mean, it's just I, I didn't like him this week, and he really uh, he was a big letdown for for those starting him. I think Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson you can kind of throw in the same category because both of them busted. And both of them were doing well until Alex Smith came in the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were both on pace to have a decent game. Like, maybe maybe McLaurin doesn't score a touchdown. He, he I mean, he had four for 35, I think, even before Alex Smith came in. I might be mistaken on that, but I think that's the case. Uh, either way, he did the majority of his damage, if not all of his damage, with Kyle Allen. And then, you know, Alex Smith, who, I mean, it's been a long time, man. And you're facing a line in front of you that has Aaron Donald, and they're pressing you, and you're getting sacked, and getting sacked every other snap. You have all this this emotion running through you, and you're and you already know the deal with Alex Smith. He's a one, two, three, quick out, one, two, three, quick out, one, two, three, quick out, and that's just who he is. 
in his career with a, with a deep shot every once in a blue. So, um, I mean, it's it it I mean it it is what it is at that point. Yeah. Um. I got my first guy, Michael, and yes, he is me. an absolute beast. And we mentioned it. I uh, when I did the Wednesday episode. I, I moved the Sunday game up to the first episode because I was only doing the first episode because I wanted to talk to this about this guy so bad. DK Metcalf is an unstoppable human animal who cannot be contained. And dude, JJ oh, Zacharyson tweeted that he was he should be the number one pick in Dynasty Leagues right now. Dude, DK Metcalf is unbelievable. It's a little ridiculous. He was someone I absolutely loved the entire offseason at ADP. I liked him better than uh, Tyler Lockett. I went on multiple rants saying, if you are drafting Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf, you're doing it wrong. And he has made me look great so far. The dude just, he honestly can't be stopped. He's a massive beast. In that, remember I, I drafted in that uh, serious XM league uh, from like the seventh spot or something, 14 team league. Earlier in the offseason in like June or July, I got DK Metcalf in the seventh round in a 14 team league. Sixth round, excuse me, in a 14 team league. Like, that was just absolutely absurd. And he's been glorious for me. And he's just been a whoever drafted him and took the shot on him. And it doesn't even matter if he doesn't see 10 targets a game because he's just so damn good. That's what he does. Like, he's the deep guy. He comes down with it every time. He has Russell Wilson throwing to him, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Hot damn, DK Metcalf looks like a monster. If he's if you're drafting today for the rest of the season, is he the first wide receiver off the board? Maybe DeAndre Hopkins. It's gotta be him. He he certainly has he certainly has, yeah, some appeal there. I don't see why he wouldn't be. And he went in. And the the most important part here is I think that it didn't look like he was gonna have a good game. And you're like, oh shit, here we go again. Chris Carson super involved. Russell Wilson's getting sacked. This looks like the Seahawks three years ago again. It's like a, it's like a it's like taking a teleportation device back into the past. Um, and then he wakes up. So uh, knowing that that could happen out of the depths of destruction and despair is really good if you, like you said, took the shot on DK Metcalf. Congratulations. You are the winner of this sweepstakes. Yeah, um, yeah so that's my first guy. Michael, who's your second guy? My second guy is someone we uh, all said had really league-winning potential, barring an injury to the guy in front of him. And he took a difficult matchup and put up some big numbers from the start. Mr. Kareem Hunt, uh, 20 rushes, 72 yards, three receptions, 21 yards, and the receiving touchdown. The Indy defense has been the best in the league thus far. He gets Pittsburgh next week, another very difficult matchup. But then Cincy, Las Vegas, Houston, Philly, Jacksonville, Tennessee, he is going to be a top-five running back option from for as long as Nick Chubb remains out and he started this week against Indy putting up that many points putting up 17 just under 17 points against that good of a defense and making it seem like you had a super average game is not an easy thing to do and that's Kareem Hunt at this point he's a he's a stud and a half uh one of my hat hangers this year uh I loved him. I thought he was going to be a, a great play every week, even if there was no Nick Chubb, and that's what it was. And then the reason why I was talking about drafting him in the fifth round is because of this potential that you're about to have right now. So if you went and did that, 
Congratulations. You are the winner. Um, I also drafted Kareem Hunt in the fourth round of that 14-team league in, like, July, and everyone was like, what just happened? <laughs> Michael, Booyah. tell in the future. Um, my second guy is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, we talk about all the time how Cincinnati is a very good pass defense and a uh, media, they're a run-funnel defense. So they would rather you run the ball on them, and they're better in the secondary. Now, in this particular game, a team that ha- was absolutely designed through every way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I think people, they're, the last two drafts, they're basically taking the Chiefs' blueprint, copying it, and trying to beat them. So a team that was developed to beat the Chiefs beats down on the Chiefs. And one of the guys who beats down them is Josh Jacobs. He didn't break a big run at all, um, so the stat line doesn't look too impressive. But when it counted, he made it matter most. I know I I have Josh Jacobs. And the second touchdown he got, when they when they returned that ball, I mean, when they picked off that ball and they were returning it, I was like, no, no, don't score, don't score. And then they got down at <laughs> the one, and I was like, yes, this is legitimately yeah, those are the, best, man. <laughs> the best situation that I could have asked for. And then Jacobs pounds one in. Um, so, yeah, uh, Josh Jacobs and the whole Raiders are like, congratulations to you guys. That's a giant win. Yeah, I'll be talking about Derek Carr shortly. So, <laughs> ooh. Um, is that all or do you have another one? No, that's all. That's all, right? All right, let's yeah. move on and let's move on. Uh, the next one is the surprise, surprise category players that we did not see coming at all. Surprise, motherfucker. I think I want to start this one because I, I've already talked about it a little bit and I got burned by both my players, but this one hurt. Chase Claypool. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know who started Chase Claypool. I will. I, I'm going to give myself a little credit. I started Chase Claypool in a league, but it's a extremely deep dynasty league where you have to start Chase Claypools. You know what I mean? So I'm not Claypool. Gonna, <laughs> no pools like like that that type of player. Oh, that type of player. Yeah, gotcha. like people like Chase Claypool. So man, Chase Claypool. This this hurts in SFBX. I have a shot to win. Uh, my team started off slow, but now I'm on a two-game winning streak. Might end up three and two because I had guys like T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson who really took off. But I mean, I had Michael Thomas in my lineup, yo, because all signs said he was going to play. And Chase Claypool is sitting on my bench as by far my best option due to injuries and things of that sort. And the news that Michael Thomas wasn't playing came out after Chase Claypool's game started, and he would have been my replacement. And he put up. Just under forty-one points. Uh, in S- actually, he just he put up one second forty-seven points in SFBX on my bench. SFBX is like an industry league, by the way. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that exact same way that you're feeling, right? The the players that were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I missed out on this." Deontay Johnson, people too. Uh, they're like, that has to be a lot for Deontay Johnson. There is something yeah, to be tough. said though about like, I mean, we're gonna have the waiver show tomorrow. Is it's if you don't already know, Brodo, um, Brodo Patreon members get an extra episode. So patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy for the extra Patreon episode waivers. This is going to be an important one because Chase Claypool is someone that people are going to go hard after on your waivers right now. So 
do we go hard? Do we not go hard? Um, there are some factors that are going to be at tomorrow. play here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it a secret for right now. Um, but I will say that if you're a Deontay Johnson rosterer, oof. If this was just a two touchdown game from Claypool, I would be like, all right, no problem. I'm not worried at all. But this is an outer worldly four touchdown game. You have to be a little concerned if you're a Deontay Johnson roster and you got to be a little concerned if you roster juju and i think that if you roster juju that might be where the most concern is coming but we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit but chase claypool definitely was an absolute surprise michael yeah yeah uh my first surprise surprise i guess i'll start with the uh the quarterback here first this is a double a double one um someone who really let me down and someone who really went in first joe burrow man holy moly what a disappointment that was I really thought he was going to have a good game against Baltimore. I was absolutely wrong. He Michael, was I'm so, atrocious. And I, I was listening, that was bro. Just a terrible game. I was like begging to to yell at you at the at the microphone. I was like, oh my goodness. I was listening to it. I was like, Michael, come on, man. Come on, Michael. Made, Rookie versus Baltimore, Michael. Come on, man. It made sense to me as a contrarian play. A lot of people wouldn't be playing Burrow. I thought he had a lot of upside, but. Clearly, I was wrong. It happens. Can't be right all the time, right? Facts. Sorry, folks. Facts. And then the other way, Derek Carr. He went absolutely in on a Kansas City defense that has been locking down opposing passing offenses. Like like you said, they're typically a running team. Maybe Kansas City just wasn't prepared for this air raid offense that Derek Carr came out with. Henry Ruggs caught the long touchdown. Nelson Aguilar. But, I mean, Derek Carr is up there in true throw is certainly going to move up in true throw value this week after Kansas City. We are yet to input the data. And he scored over 20 fantasy points in three of five games now. He gets a decent schedule in the second half of the year out of his bye. He's someone maybe we should start considering a bit more in in fantasy, I think, because that was a big game in Kansas City, and he's actually looked a lot better this year. Eight interceptions to zero. uh, Excuse me, eight touchdowns to zero interceptions. Two yet to throw a single interception this season. And I think that you have to consider the return of Henry Ruggs too. Like this kid is whoa. You know, like holy shit, he's fast. Terry Kill esque. Like exactly. he doesn't need a million he doesn't need a million targets, but get him into space. This dude turned three targets into two catches, a hundred yards and a touchdown this week. Yeah. And you know, it, it makes a difference for guys like Derek Carr to have someone who gets open down the field and you can just let it rip and all of a sudden, you have 70 yards and a touchdown on one play, and your fantasy day is sure to look better because, you know, Derek Carr, he he, he lit it up. But if you take that play away, he was Derek Carr. So and that's what he allows. That's what Ruggs allows. It allows Derek Carr to take that next step. And he was basically uncertain to play up until kickoff. Like, going into Sunday, they didn't even know if he was going to play or not. So if he's doing that while hurt, it's going to be fun to see once he's like fully recovered. They look like the JV team of the of the of the what do you call the Chiefs. They look like the Chiefs JV. Like like they're practicing the same. They just won though. They just beat the Chiefs. I know, but sometimes JV beats, beats varsity. I mean, I I'm talking about JV in the, in, in the sense of like they're like the I sophomores and and freshmen on the same team. You know what I mean? Like they're running the same they're system. They're like the little brothers. They got the same players. Yeah, it's, it's like, like how me and Jason beat you and Johnny and everything. <laughs> That's not true at all. Yo, you're gonna. Oh, 
I can't believe you said that. Oh, All right. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> All right, my next one is Brandon Cooks, which hurts so much because I was fucking playing Brandon Cooks. I was playing yeah, against I started him. Brandon Cooks in one of our Brodo leagues, and I sent the picture of Cooks to the chat and said, "That's right, that's right." <laughs> uh, Twelve targets, eight receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown for Brandon Cooks. Absolutely went in, did whatever he wanted. He looked like vintage Brandon Cooks, and I mean, there's something to be said about it because uh, Deshaun Watson also had his first. QB1, QB1 performance after last week saying, man, we don't know what's going to happen. And we mentioned in the preview, like, this is going to be a completely up in the air game because you don't know what's going to happen here. But this is something to to keep an eye on. If you have Brandon Cooks, are you, like, just to, answer, just to ask you a question, are you starting him for sure next week? Um, let, me, let me look at the matchup real quick. The matchup is, oh, why am I on Brandon Ayuk? Uh, that that is weird. We did say um, the matchup is Tennessee. Say, we said last week. Oh, it's not a bad matchup either. That Brandon Cooks is someone that we wouldn't technically want to be starting this week, but someone we wouldn't be parting with just yet. He, he was one of the guys you asked us drop or hold, and we said to hold just to see. You how guys are right about goes. that one. I wasn't. I, you so guys got me. Hopefully, that yeah. Hopefully, you didn't drop him just yet. Um, because I mean, if that's if he's gonna be that big of a part of the offense. I mean, but we'll see. I wouldn't be shocked if he has a donut next week either. I, I think he could just be this super mercurial type guy where it's just up and down, up and down. The volatility just continue to be there. So we'll see. Yo, Michael just pulled out the word mercurial. You say that every time I say it. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> mercuriate to your next guy. That's not a word. It's not how you use it. Teach. <laughs> My next guy. Dude, Travis Fulgham. Mm. Shout out to that dude for absolutely balling out. Former member of the Lions practice squad. Way to go, Lions. Balled out this week, yo. 10 receptions, 152 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets against Pittsburgh. The question for me is, we'll get into this more tomorrow, of course, on the waiver Wire pod, but can we discount this as a... You know, he was just the guy to step up because of all the injuries type game. Or can someone have this big of a game against Pittsburgh if they're not actually pretty good? Hmm. It's not like they were playing the Atlanta Falcons. Like I said multiple times, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense isn't the best through the air if they get if the if the opposing quarterback gets time to throw. But it's not like Wentz was sitting back there with time to throw the entire game. Like he was just finding Fulgham over and over and Fulgham was making tremendous plays and someone we're going to be talking about a lot tomorrow. I promise you that. Uh, a shout out to him for show. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to leave that there. Um, anything else? Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. The next category is the stock rising. Of course, people that we think are on the rise. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Uh, let's get with the stock up in just a second. But I want to tell you, if your stock is up and your team stock is up and you're looking like you're about to win a championship and you want a nice belt to take to your next draft 
or when you're going over your boy's house or his backyard now in you know COVID season, and you want a nice belt, but you look at the prices of these belts and it's just like, oh my god, three hundred dollars for a belt? What the what the hell, man? I I, I only won five hundred. I only won a thousand. I'm gonna spend I'm gonna spend sixty percent of this on a belt? No. You're not. You know why? You're going to go to partybelts.com. You're going to put in the promo code BRODO. And when you do that, you're going to get a great looking belt, a completely 100% customizable belt with a one size fits all belt around the waist, beer holder so you can serve your friends while serving your friends. And it's dope all the way around. Looks great. $35. That's it. And with the promo code BRODO, you get it for 15% off. So partybelts.com, since the stock up is championships. Uh, partybelts.com seems like the great place to be uh, right at this moment. Michael, bang bang. who's a player whose stock is on the rise this week? My first stock up, man. Look, he played against Atlanta, and it was a tremendous matchup, and we understand that he should have had a big game, but Robbie Anderson, yo. yo. I could not have been more wrong about Robbie Anderson Facts, in the preseason. Man. I did not take nearly into effect as much as I should have the Matt Rule bringing in Robbie Anderson connection because geez Louise they were he was his coach at Temple which is why I bring it up and he personally signed Robbie Anderson to bring him to Carolina because clearly that was a big factor because he is the wide receiver one in Carolina yes DJ Moore had a very good game too but Robbie Anderson saw 13 targets and DJ Moore saw five if Moore didn't take the 57 yard touchdown to the house he would have had a super mediocre day and Robbie Anderson just continues to be a beast. He's basically a weekly wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside at this point. As crazy as it sounds. I mean, this is a team that is throwing a lot and Robbie Anderson fits exactly into the Bridgewater mold. This is what I expected DJ Moore to be this season, which is why I was so high on DJ Moore. I think a lot of people except except that's Robbie Anderson's role now. And it sucks for those who drafted more, but that's just the way it is. And Robbie Anderson, whoever grabbed him in waivers or drafted him late, it's looking like a steal and a half at this point. Robbie Anderson was one of those guys where if you're in the best ball league, you're like, yeah, I want Robbie Anderson. But you never expected to be like this, especially because we've been watching Robbie Anderson since he's a rookie. And it just makes you think, like, damn, Adam Gase yeah. and uh, what's his name? was his head coach, uh, Todd Bowles. It's like, yeah, well, they wasted him. And now he's being used correctly by Matt Rule. So, damn, Robbie Anderson for sure stock up. Speaking of Jets, Jamison Crowder is my stock up, man. Dude, this, does this guy not know how to ball out at all? Uh, Yo, this is why I said on the – this is why – I don't know if you remember this, but we bet with Jason on the Wednesday pod that Jamison Crowder would see more than six targets. I was the only one – well, I don't know if you were with me or not. I don't recall – but I was like, I don't care if Joe Flacco's there. What, this isn't an Adam Gase offense? Jamison Crowder just isn't going to see the targets anymore? I mean, the dude's still a strong wide receiver three play. But guess what? He's actually like a strong wide receiver one play. Jeez Louise. Thanks for hijacking my, my part I of the segment. I just stole your guy, but yeah, sorry. Get back to it. <laughs> Jamison Crowder in halfway PPR puts up 22 and then puts and then misses two games because of an injury, but then comes back, puts up 14.9, then comes back, puts up 22.6. Eight receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown last week. And, I mean, we have we saw this happen with Jarvis Landry. Like, Jarvis Landry, there was a, a, a year where he had, like, 180 targets in the Adam Gase system. And, you know, Jameson Crowder is comparable in terms of talent to Jarvis Landry. And there's no one else. 
It's it's a barren wasteland on the outside for the Jets. Prashad Perriman, as Robbie Anderson lights up the league, Prashad Perriman can't get on the field for the fifth straight week. Um, and Denzel Mims, as Chase Claypool and Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk and the rest of these rookie wide receivers light up the league, he can't get on the field. So it's yeah. just Crowder. And it's going to continue to be just Crowder. And they're going to have to move the ball somehow, right? It's going to be Crowder. I think he's a great play. Yeah, I agree. Jeez Louise, the dude has just been going in. It's pretty nuts. Even with the way that Jets anemic offense has been. But shout out Crowder. Who's your next guy? Uh, my second stock rising, Miles Sanders. He had a despicable matchup against Pittsburgh. One of the worst matchups you could have. And yes, he had a 74-yard rushing touchdown. And yes, he put up 23 fantasy points in a week where everyone was fading Miles Sanders. So I just wanted to put Miles Sanders in here because this is someone we are very high on coming into the season. And he had a rough game against San Fran and a decent game against Cincy, only putting up 12 points. But now, two of four games, he's put up over 18 points. He has not had the easiest uh, matchups so far this season. And He's still putting in work. He's clearly the workhorse. I'd like to see him get more work in the passing game moving forward. But, yeah, Miles Sanders is a, is a stud, and uh, he performed as one this week. Um, I love Miles Sanders as well. He was one of my hat hangers. Good to see him. Um, it, it, it should be noted, though, that uh, this Pittsburgh run defense is very good, and he got 74 of his yards, of his 80 yards on one play. Yeah. So he wasn't. He also got. A I know, but I'm saying he wasn't great. He also had two touchdowns, though. Yes, yeah. that's that's what you love to see. But it, if he could do that against the Steelers, you know, you're you're in a pretty good situation. So that you love to see yeah. that. Um, my second guy is Henry Ruggs, and I talked about Henry Ruggs already. What a talent, and what a blow up explosion! And he reminds me of Tyreek Hill, and. Look, is he going to be a great player for you? Like, should you chase the points next week? You don't know that yet. You don't know what you should do yet. But when he hits, he's going to hit. And before, he was just a guy like maybe on your waiver wire or a guy you were stashing. Now he's a dude where when you play him, when you're because buys are coming. And, you know, COVID is crazy. So, you know, when your receiver has a buy, which you can't even really plan for anymore, by the way, because buys move all over the place. Like, I was so desperate because all three of my running backs were on a bye this next week. Kamara, Jacobs, and James White is like my safety net. I don't really, I don't star him at all. But now James White's bye is moved. I, I was so concerned about getting two running backs for next week. But now James White's bye is moved and I'm fine. And that's going to happen all year. You can't, you can't plan for the buys. So Henry Ruggs is the perfect guy to have like wide receiver four. Where if you if you have to bench a big guy because he got hurt or, or you don't know where the buy's at, Henry Ruggs can put up a big game for you. Yeah, he can. Um, we saw it happen this week. Yeah. Shout out to him. Um, uh, my next one, this one, this one is very nice. This one I'm glad I'm able to say it. <laughs> Austin Hooper. These last two weeks, Austin Hooper is looking like the Austin Hooper I was expecting. Bro. I was high on him. What did I tell you last week? Seven targets two weeks ago, five receptions, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Ten targets this past week against Indy, man. Five receptions, 57 yards, 
Back-to-back weeks with over 25% of the target share. Austin Hooper looking like he could be awesome. And this is also just so, so sweet to say. It's so sweet, Tim. I prefer Austin Hooper, rest of season, to Hayden Hurst. Oh, yeah, by far. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's just so sweet to say. Don't jinx it now. Oh, I don't care. (laughs) Yes, yes, you do. Yes, I do. Austin (laughs) Hooper is looking like he's... uh, growing in that offense i mean and this is what i all offseason i liked hooper because i touted the fact that kevin stefanski just likes using his tight ends and hooper has been playing nearly every snap but wasn't really involved in the passing game and now 17 targets over the past two weeks and with the way the tight end landscape is zach Ertz is basically unstartable at this point as crazy as that sounds or is it would have sounded five weeks ago austin hooper is really climbing up there someone you uh might be able to pick up and start on a weekly basis if available if this uh, involvement in the offense continues. Yeah, I agree with you. And 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 like I mentioned last week, if you look at the Kevin Stefanski effect, the Titan, I mean, the Vikings have targeted their tight ends at the lowest rate in the league, the lowest. Last year, they were targeting tight ends like crazy. So yeah. now you look at it, you, it it's transferring. It's it, it's transferring over. So, yeah, Austin Hooper was – it was nice to see him – nice to see him, like, almost break back into good graces last week. Um, let's go over to Chase Edmonds as my next stock up. Ah, man, it sucks for Kenyon Drake, guys, but it looks like Chase Edmonds is the pass-catching back. Six targets, five receptions, yep. 56 yards. He also had three rushing attempts. That's not going away from Kendra Drake, Kenyon Drake. I don't think Chase Edmonds is going to take away his his early down roles, his early down role, excuse me, but it is clear that Chase Edmonds is there to catch passes and that's what they are using him for, and he also broke a big rush. So I mean, man, if you Kenyon if you were rostering, a- if you're if you I I got a question for you real quick, Michael. If you were rostering Kenyon Drake, and then you drafted Chase Edmonds as his handcuff. Next week, and you have one spot, who would you rather start, Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds? Edmonds. It's crazy, isn't it? You, it yeah. It's insane. And I, who knows what happened, but it, stock is up for Edmonds. Yeah, Drake is just a touchdown-dependent early down back at this point, and that is clearly not what you drafted when you drafted Kenyon Drake, but... That's just how these things go sometimes in fantasy football world. You know, Twitter is it was a buzz with this as well. But yo, Kenyon Drake, do you remember when he was wearing the walking boot in the offseason? Yeah. And he was wearing it and they were just caution, calling it precautionary. I heard Jason Moore um describe it one way, and I thought he described it really well. He goes, Well, if it's a precautionary boot, then why aren't why isn't everyone walking around in boots? Like, you know, like, if if it's that precautionary, then why are we not protecting everyone this way? Like, something about this this explanation is just fishy. And it could be the case because Kenyon Drake is not playing with the same, I don't know, explosiveness, I guess, than he... Yeah, uh, he's hit. nowhere near the same player. It's yeah. crazy. Um, He's definitely like a stock down on the other end. Um, Let's go to the stock downs. What do you say, Michael? Let's do it. Oh, our, our six sadistic ways. 
the worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. That is you know, scary. As someone who's invested in the stock market at the moment... It would be really scary if that happened to me. And I'd be like really sad if that <laughs> happened. <laughs> Michael, uh, you're up. Uh, my first stock down, man, oh man. What a fall from grace. Zach Ertz. No wonder this guy isn't getting a big contract from Philly. It's because he looks like he's not he looks like Jason Witten out there, yo. Like the dude hasn't broken a tackle in years. The, he's just there was particularly one. There was particularly one where it was like him versus a DB last week, one on one, and he just he just kind of just went down. And you know, Zach Ertz would probably fuck me up. So like, I don't want to like talk shit, but damn. But it's just a fall from grace, yo. I mean, he is one of the most used tight ends in the league, and he scored ten and a half max through five games, one reception for six yards against Pittsburgh while Travis Fulgham was out there going crazy. So even when he's supposed to be the number one option, he's just struggled mightily all season. And you cannot start him this coming week. Like, I don't see how you can. I am sure, I mean, I you can because the tight end landscape sucks, but I don't see how you could have any confidence in doing so. Like, 4.9 against San Fran, you're like, oh, it's a difficult matchup. And then one catch for six yards against Pittsburgh, and he's just, this is clearly not the Zach Ertz of old and it's sad to see this this kind of fall from grace for Zach Ertz but I mean the dude is just not playing well can't can't start him next week I think another tight end you can't start is Dalton Schultz and my chase my uh my chase down my stock down is the entire Cowboys wide receiver core it's not that much stock down because Andy Dalton is a good player who we've seen support at least two wide receivers in an offense before um but this this sucks because Dak Prescott was lighting the world on fire, and this guy's clearly a great quarterback. So um, when you go to Andy Dalton, who is definitely capable, but he's a backup for a reason. So I think I think all of these guys get a mark down. I think Dalton Schultz probably becomes not usable at all. And then, you know, CeeDee Lamb becomes more of a wide receiver three. Michael Gallup becomes even more like, let's see if let's see if Andy Dalton is even willing to go deep as much as Dak usually does. And then Amari Cooper, who had his first bad game of the year in in this last one, um, you wonder about his ability to be consistent now. So tick downs for all of the wide receivers across the board. Yeah, someone who rosters C.D. Lamb in multiple places, I was very upset about this news because C.D. Lamb has basically been a wide receiver too all season. He's looked like a stud. And yeah, it's clear that Andy Dalton is not Dak Prescott. Thankfully, they have a uh, Andy Dalton at least. Like Andy Dalton is definitely the best backup in the league at the very least. He's a decent NFL quarterback, so it's not completely lost hope for all the pass catching options. And their defense is still atrocious, but definitely not as much upside as with Prescott slinging the ball. Um, yeah, for sure, Michael. Who's your first guy? My second guy. Second Tim. guy. Sorry, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson now has. Two of five games over 17 and a half points. Two times he's failed to reach 15 points. And guess what? If he is not going to be rushing, he is 
barely a startable asset. Like, this dude, uh, Jim Harbaugh came out and said, oh, the leg injury, he's fine. He's not actually hurt. His knee's not actually hurt. He's 100%. And then two rushes for three yards against Cincy? Yeah. I'm sure he actually wasn't banged up. He gets Philly next week. Please keep an eye on an eye out on if this guy is going to be rushing or not because he's just re- he's not a good enough passer to be in every week QB1 if he's not going to be running all over the place. That's what gives him his huge ceiling and that's what made him the fantasy quarterback he has been. But if he can't, he just put up 14 and a half points against Cincy in what people would probably consider a good passing day for him. So I mean it's it's pretty rough if he's not going to be using his legs. Hopefully this knee injury is behind him now, but this is why you don't draft quarterbacks early. Lamar Jackson is prime example. Uh yeah. Yeah. There's not much to add there. You're you're right. It's it's uh, I want I want the old Lamar back, man. <laughs> I want the old Lamar back. Um let's go to Don't we all my second one, Scotty Miller. Oh man. I was singing his praises. I was like, "Yeah, when God wins out, you could go to Scotty Miller." Oh, look at this! Look at this! It's a donut. Ugh. Ugh. I said it, man. I was like, somehow Scotty Miller is gonna suck because he's only been good in games where you don't expect him to be good. Like Next both week. times, Chris Godwin missed the game. Scotty Miller was a terrible fantasy asset. Like it makes no sense at all. <sighs> Scotty, it's really all I have to say about that. He's not a big Just leave dude. him on the waiver wire and never touch him again. Never again. <laughs> watch, he's gonna score twenty down, this week. My last stock down to him is someone who uh very upsetting. Jarek McKinnon. Mm. One rush attempt, four targets, two receptions, five yards. You gotta hope one that's and a game. half points. Sorry, go ahead. That, you gotta hope that's, you gotta hope that's game script. My bad. I don't know, man. Raheem Mostert, his first game back. You don't know if he's going to be the lead guy or not, they were down a lot, so there was no reason to rush him back and play him if they weren't, if they didn't expect him to be the number one guy, or to if he wasn't fully healthy. 11 rushes, 90 yards, where he most hurt things. That's just what he does at this point. Four, excuse me, three targets, three receptions, 29 yards. He just became the bell cow right away once he returned. And McKinnon, yeah, McKinnon got some time on the field, and he got more snaps than you'd think when you just see one rush attempt and two targets. But McKinnon's not a startable asset if this is how it's going to be. <sighs> let's 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 hope it's not going to be. Let's hope this was just game script. Um, I'm gonna tell you who's someone that's not a startable asset at all, and that's Matt Ryan. I'm I have a lot of tape out there. You know, they call what you leave on the internet your digital footprint. My digital footprint is like 30% shitting on Matt Ryan. And (laughs) look, the guy is, he looks like he's toast. It's up in the air what's going on with him right now. And I just always had trouble trusting a guy who the year after he won MVP failed to throw more than two touchdowns in a game because his offensive coordinator left. Something just didn't add up there. And now he's getting older. And, you know, the kind of reign of, of very good, reign of above average that you could hold only can hold so much. Like, the reason why Tom Brady is, is, 
so good at 43 is because even when he decreases, like he's still so much better than everyone else at 43 because he's just that much better than everyone else at 28 too. You know what I mean? Uh So Matt Ryan never had that. And now you see without Julio Jones, he's struggling. Um, He has not thrown a touchdown since the first quarter of week three. He is, you know, you can, when you watch the games, he's, looking at these wide open receivers and then looking away and taking the check down or he's throwing these questionable routes and you get think like why why is this happening to you mentally it's because it's because it's happened to him before and it can happen to him like this and he has no threat with his legs whatsoever like at this point like if, if you have matt ryan and like justin herbert is available i'd rather have justin herbert on my team yeah i mean clearly Matt Ryan needs all the weapons at his disposal with, with the way he's going right now. I don't know what what happened. He but he looks old and he's just he's not playing well at all. There's three straight terrible, terrible fantasy performances. So you definitely can't trust him going into next week. And as long as Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and as long as they remain banged up in that receiving core, you can't really trust. Even if, if they do come back healthy next week, you still can't trust Ryan. This is going to have to be a wait-and-see period for the next few weeks now with the coach fired, too. It's it's a mess out there in Atlanta. Guys like Hurst and Gage, too. No. Oh, man. Got to feel yeah. for those guys. All right. So that's the end of it, but we are not going yet. Um, Michael and I, and Jason, actually, even though he's not here, I will speak for him confidently. Um We are excited to announce our partnership again with Thrive Fantasy. If you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, it is a daily fantasy site that allows you to bet props. So instead of like playing a player, you bet on on a prop. So, for example, one of the interesting props that I see here is Alvin Kamara. And his total is 122.5 yards rushing plus receiving. Do you want over or under that? But you get points, too. So it's kind of like the spread. Under is worth 105 points. Over is worth 95 points. And then, you know, these vary out to, like, 125 points is, like, the heavy favorite. 75 points is the heavy underdog. So things like that. So it asks you to create a team of five players. I'm sorry, of 10 players based on uh, that. So what we're going to do here is... Every week, we're going to give you something called the Thrive Five. We're going to give you five picks that we like for the Monday Night Game, and then hopefully you play them on Thrive. If you use the promo code BRODO, if you sign up now on Thrive. BRODO20. BRODO20. Oh, BRODO20. So this one's a little different. If you use the promo code BRODO20, you can get, get this, a match on one, I'm sorry, on $20 or more. Free into your account. Up to 50 bucks. So if you put in 50, you get $100. If you put in new signups, first deposit. For a first deposit, guys. Thank you, Michael, for saving me during this ad read. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's the most fun way to play. Honestly, I like FanDuel and I, I, I love those guys and it's a great game. But sometimes those tournaments are hard to win because there's just too many people in there that are just like got algorithms and shit. And it's just like it doesn't sometimes it doesn't feel like fantasy. This feels like fantasy. This feels like uh, a fair chance to win. Uh, we've had success on it too. So let's get into this, Michael. The Thrive Five. Um, 
stuff that we see, uh, over-unders that we think are interesting. That first one I want to talk about is the Alvin Kamara one. The over is 95, the under is 105. Usually I like to go with the little underdogs, but I think that over 122 total yards for Alvin Kamara is a smash, so I'm going to definitely play the over. I agree. I like that one there. Uh, Piggybacking off Alvin Kamara, another one I think is very enticing. You said you like the underdog ones. Latavius Murray, 50 and a half total yards, under 110. I think that's a great one there. Uh, The Chargers' run defense has been great, and Murray is used a lot more just as a pure running back than he is uh, pass catching. And he's going to, if he gets 10 carries, he has to average over five yards per carry just to just to get over 50 and a half total yards. So I think the under there is very good value. I think last game, you got to remember last game was he doesn't really get used as much as he got used last game. So um, maybe some recency bias in that line. I like it too. Michael, yeah. another one that I think is interesting here is Josh Kelly, 45 and a half rush yards. Uh, the over and the under are the same. Josh Kelly is going to be handling most of the load. There's no Austin Eckler. You you think that Justin Jackson is going to be the pass catching back, if anything. So I think that the overs are a pretty good bet here on 45 and a half. I think that's a very good bet, too. I like that one. Um, and then to go back to another one, I'm going with another big underdog one here. This one is pretty risky, but Emmanuel Sanders is yet to reach four receptions. Did not reach four receptions in half of his game so far. Under three and a half receptions, 125 points. If this is a Traquan Smith, Jared Cook is returning, Alvin Kamara type of game, I could see Emmanuel Sanders ending with only two or three receptions, and 125 points for that is a risk I think I'm willing to take on a single-game slate. You got any other ones here that you... uh... Uh, yeah, there's one more I like, and it's uh Justin Herbert, 23 and a half completions. I think I like the under there. I was just uh, thinking the same thing, Michael. Great minds. Yeah. Again, we're talking about a rookie. Yes, he's lit up the world the first few games in the league, but that's a lot of receptions to ask for prime time against New Orleans defense. I think he uh, I don't think he reaches that money. I do think they try to establish the running game as well a little bit. So I like those. And those are those are five, correct? That's five. I'm gonna give it a little extra one. I like I like Drew Brees over two and a half passes plus interceptions. Uh touchdown passes plus interceptions. Interesting. I like that over to 115. Uh that's it though. Follow us on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. Follow Michael at Brodo FF Mike. Follow me at Brodo FF Tim. Follow Jason at Brodo FF. Jason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh BrotoFantasy.com and Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy to support. Thank you, everyone. And that is it for this week. We will see you on... Well, Michael and Jason will see you on Wednesday. Or tomorrow if you're a patron. Don't Don't forget, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Peace out. Later.